Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to episode nine of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, your weekly dose of wedding planning, advice and chats. So far in the podcast, we've covered everything from engagement parties to budgeting. And last week, we went deep on the subject of wedding dress shopping. If you're brand new to the podcast, make sure you go back and give those episodes a listen. This week, we are hoisting our feminist flags. Mm-hmm. Hoist that flag, Claire. Boop. Uh, and we're discussing a somewhat controversial topic, which is feminism and weddings and where those two things meet. So it doesn't mean that we're going to tell you to burn your garter or I might tell them to burn their garden. Okay, Claire might do that later. It doesn't mean we're going to say cancel your makeup artist or anything like that. This episode is all about identifying your core beliefs on gender equality and making sure that they're reflected in your big day. So we're going to be chatting about the frankly bizarre origins behind some really popular wedding traditions and offering a few alternatives if you decide you're not going to go for those. So I think this is going to be a great episode. Can't wait to get into it. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. Each week on the podcast, we make sure to include a handy piece of advice that you can take with you into your wedding planning. So Claire is the mastermind behind this week's tip. What have you got for us? Do a full head to toe dress rehearsal a few days or even a week before your wedding. This is a really important one because wardrobe malfunctions do happen as your husband learned, Claire. Yes, just ask Mark. I was there. It was an absolute horror. He was doing a limbo, I think. And Not on his own wedding now as a guest, it, which yes. is arguably even worse. Yeah, his suit was a little bit too tight, if we're being honest. And yeah, he ripped it from from seam to, to seam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made quite the sound on the dance floor, actually. <laughs> and then I think you helped him uh, to safety put it back yeah. together again. I was actually the only person who noticed. And then it was, I was like shuffling him off the dance floor with my skirt, I think, <laughs> trying to preserve his modesty. Oh, and it was after that I made him limbo again and he didn't want to and wouldn't explain why and then I realised it was because he had loads of pins in his arse oh god Who, where do you get the pins from um, you know the bathroom basket oh mm. those are so handy they're there for a reason so, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so yeah it is definitely important to a full dress rehearsal underwear socks shoes all of that the week before your wedding make sure everything fits is clean is pressed all of that and packed away together yeah because there are always tiny little issues that you come up against and you can completely avoid them if you do the dress rehearsal the one fab day wedding podcast so today we're talking about something that's really important i think to both of us having a wedding day that somehow in some way reinforces gender equality if you're currently planning your wedding and you consider yourself to be a feminist and we hope you do you might be finding yourself a little bit conflicted about some of the long-standing traditions. We know exactly how you feel. It is tricky. Um, so we wanted to delve a little bit deeper into the topic and maybe come up with a few solutions. 
We're not setting any rules about what a feminist wedding should be or is or shouldn't look like. To us, a feminist wedding is a wedding where women are really happy and comfortable with all the elements of the day. Yeah, so this topic first came up last year when you, Claire, pitched an article about how to have a feminist wedding. And even in our office, which is very woke, I will say, uh, there were a few eyebrows raised. And I think it's because to some people, the word feminism still carries negative connotations. And Mm -hmm. of course, you don't want any negativity to be associated with your wedding. So the piece that you ended up writing, Claire, which is great, by the way, uh, was really positive and encouraging. And I think it helped a lot of couples work through some of the trickier decisions around this topic. So like whether a dad should walk a bride up the aisle or how to deal with the wording of the wedding invitations. So naturally, we wanted to expand upon it on the podcast and maybe give some alternatives for people who aren't sure where to adhere to tradition and where to diverge. Probably the best way to do it is to chat through some of the biggest wedding traditions because I think that's where the conflict stems from. Some of them are traditions that don't seem patriarchal at all and then the origin is horrifying. And some of them are ones that we kind of all know the background to. So let's get into it. This is more of a superstition than a tradition, not seeing the bride before the wedding. So this is the idea that if... The couple see each other before the ceremony. It's bad luck, so they shouldn't spend the previous night together. Obviously, this is a superstitious thing, but I I do think it ties up in that whole, like, yeah, you shouldn't sleep together before you get married. Presumably, that's where it comes from. Yeah, Yeah. so I think it's nice if, if you'll feel more comfortable, like, waking up beside your partner, then that's totally fine. Likewise, if you'll be a bit more chilled getting ready together. I did that with my husband and it was actually lovely. Had the tunes on, it was great. So I guess it's more of a modernization than a feminism angle of like just doing what, what feels right. I absolutely can see the appeal for couples of building up the excitement by, you know, having like a sleepover with their bridal party separately the night before and getting ready separately. But I also really see the appeal of getting ready together and completely ditching that tradition because... It's your wedding day and you want to spend as much of it together as possible and you're missing out on four or five hours of the morning there that you could be spending together if you adhere to the tradition. So this one is, like all of them, so personal, but there are options on either side. The other thing you can do is have a first look, which is where you get ready separately, but you and your photographer and your partner all meet in the middle and have a little time, maybe a portrait session uh, before the ceremony so you'll and they're be... becoming increasingly popular and it actually is a logistical help too because it means you get the bulk of the photos done before all the guests arrive it's a good compromise it's kind of halfway between both options mm-hmm. so that's a great one that we really recommend because those photos are always gorgeous as well they sure are having your dad give you away is another one it comes from the historical idea that you went from your father's ownership into your husband's which yeah again doesn't sit well with me but then again I didn't have any issue with my dad walking me up the aisle either. It's all about the lens that you view this thing through isn't it because obviously when you put it like that I think oh god that's a horrible way of looking at marriage like you're being passed from one person to another like an object but then if you'd never heard that and you just saw someone bringing their dad up the aisle with them because they're a really special person to them and they raised them and they wanted them to be there and be a big part of the ceremony. That's so beautiful. So if that's how you view it, you can completely go with this tradition. Yeah, I think it's wise if you're not like vehemently against it for some reason, I think it's wise to have a chat with your dad, engage where he's at on it and if it's important to him. Because he might be really building that moment up. Uh, But I do love to see when a man walks... uh, 
the bride up the aisle or when both parents do it or when there's maybe like a brother or a sister or a grandparent. A lot of couples are walking up the aisle together as well and a lot of brides are making the journey on their own too, which is nice. Or you could do halvesies like Meghan Markle did. So yes. she did half. Again, for this, I feel like you need a cathedral. It was a long aisle. <laughs> it was a very long aisle. But she did half on her own, which we all perceived as like quite cool and badass. And then half with Prince Charles. And one we mentioned a few weeks ago, actually, is to take the journey to the ceremony with your dad and then walk up the aisle on your own. Which is yeah, nice too. take advantage if you have your ceremony in a different place to where you're getting ready to have a bit of time with your mom and dad, maybe, or whoever the special person is who you want to walk up the aisle with. That's a nice one. Where do we stand on the wedding dress? I don't really see a lot of like terrible patriarchal symbolism in the wedding dress I know they say the thing about white is about your purity and virginity and listen I'm not about that at all but but actually it was Queen Victoria who popularized the white wedding dress that's the thing about so many of these traditions is that there's seven or eight different stories about what they mean and what their origin is so I wouldn't say completely trash them all either because you might find out later that you ditched a tradition because it had a sexist connotation and then realise that actually it wasn't a sexist connotation at all. Yeah, I think with this one, it's it's kind of where we sit on all things about weddings is you do you. So if you'd rather wear a jumpsuit, wear a jumpsuit. If you'd rather wear a suit, if you want to wear red, black, pink, whatever. And white is such a beautiful colour to wear on your wedding day because you very rarely wear it in real life. Like I never wear white in real life because I'm too accident prone. So I think it's a great excuse to wear white and like stand out a bit and feel a bit special if that's you. So definitely I wouldn't worry too much about this one. I think, again, do what sits best with you. Where do veils originate from? So I'm told by our post that (laughs) veils uh, were worn in ancient Rome to disguise a bride from evil spirits. This is one that comes up all the time where there are all these evil spirits who wanted to curse brides. I don't know why. Again, (laughs) I'm going to blame the patriarchy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Brides are always being cursed. So that's where bridesmaids comes from as well. Yes. So the reason why bridesmaids were dressed alike originally was because they were like a way to distract the bride and they used to wear white and they'd surround the bride and the evil spirits wouldn't know which one was the bride to yeah the idea was that you would have four or five girls who looked exactly like you so the spirit might curse the wrong person i mean i don't know where all of these spirits are no or what they're doing Again, right if now. you want to wear a veil go for it if you don't leave it at the door and you'll find this really heavily depends on like non-feminism factors like what your dress is like or what the venue is like Garter is another, is a bit more of a, in my mind, problematic one. In the US particularly, you see a lot of weddings where the groom (laughs) sticks his head up the bride's dress and pulls the garter down with his teeth in front of all of the guests. So Sometimes the brides are into it. I don't know how I feel about it. So I don't know if you had this, but I had this at weddings in rural Ireland growing up where... That would happen. The groom would bite off the garter. Oh, it happened in Ireland. I didn't know that. Oh, absolutely. Every wedding I went to as a teenager, which was (laughs) a lot. Um, And then he would toss the garter. She would toss the bouquet. And the two people who caught both of those things would have to reverse the whole situation. So the girl who caught the bouquet would sit on a chair. (gasps) And the guy, probably a complete stranger, it's a big wedding usually, would have to use his teeth to put the garter on her leg. So oh he would have his God. head up a strange woman's <gasps> skirt. This happened multiple times in my uh, That's youth. so violating. 
Yeah, I mean, it was always treated as like, isn't this a bit of a laugh? Which is how a lot of very oh, anti-feminist no. things are treated. Um, not a fan. I'm scarred for life with that. So I'm not really a fan of the garter toss yeah. or bite off yeah. at all. But again... Maybe uh, save it for later in the evening. Yeah, I don't... That's your bag. <laughs> I don't know if you need to be drawing loads of attention to like how much sex you're going to have in your marriage yeah. during the wedding. I think yeah. you can just assume We're not in happening. Ryan's daughter here, people. <laughs> We're not in Ryan's daughter. By the way, if you're planning a wedding, don't watch Ryan's daughter. No. It's scarring. It's absolutely scarring. So we briefly mentioned the bridal party, but we're honestly, actually... I, I prefer to call it a wedding party. Um, but we're lately we've been seeing a lot more mixed gender wedding parties. And it makes me so happy when you see like a groomsmaid or... A, Best lady. Yeah, I love it. I don't know why it brings such joy to my life. Probably because I love anything where we are slightly progressing beyond the hackney traditions of yore. Um, I love a bridal party that's traditional too. But I think it's something that couples don't really think about like when they think about their bridal party they don't consider that they could have someone of the opposite gender be in their party most people I know have friends on both sides so why not combine them I think as well when we're talking about feminism around wedding parties we should probably discuss the attire so I think as well like not not forcing your say bridesmaids to wear dresses if they're not comfortable and just in general being a bit more open-minded about the idea of shaking things up. Yeah, I don't know if this is as much a feminism thing as a B-sound thing, yeah. but you want the people who you've asked to be involved in the wedding to be comfortable. So that's something to keep in mind throughout the process. And if the idea of bridesmaids and groomsmen just doesn't sit well with you in general, you can always ditch the wedding Absolutely. party altogether. That's what I did. And you can have your friends and your family participate in different ways instead. I've been that person at a few weddings now where I haven't been the bridesmaid, but I've been performing some bridesmaids duties. A general lackey. A general lackey. And I'm happy to do it. And you know what? I'm extra happy because I'm wearing my own outfit. We should also probably loop in hens and stags as well. I'm a big fan of a hen stag. Sometimes I have to admit I feel a bit hard done by when I can't go on a stag. And I know I'd probably mm. hate a traditional like lads, lads, lads style stag. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be. I yeah. probably wouldn't like that vibe. But Cut to like 5am in Prague <laughs> and Salinas. And like... I'm chanting lads, lads, lads. <laughs> but I do sometimes think, oh, it'd be cool if like I could go on this, you know, stag boat trip or whatever it is. So I'm all for the mixed hens and stags yeah and stag if you will i had because i like to milk things i had one of each i had a hen and then I, I did a hen stag as well but i actually i felt bad about not having not inviting some of my guy friends to my hen and i like they'd be on a normal night out so why wouldn't they be on my hen exactly sometimes i do think it's so lovely to take the opportunity to have a group of women or a group of men doing an activity together because it doesn't actually happen that much these days and it's kind of a nice bonding thing but you could do both the vows so not many people vow to honor and obey anymore but depending on your celebrant or where you're getting married your vows may include wording around obedience reproduction is a common theme and that you mightn't be too comfortable with yeah certain religious ceremonies will request that you baptize your children in that church and all of that and that's a really important one to make sure you're happy with if there's one thing on your wedding day you should be happy with it's the vows so regardless of what kind of celebrant you're having or who's writing the vows they might write them or they might have a template or you might write them 
absolutely go through them and make sure you're really happy with them and that it sits really well with you and if there's anything that makes you uncomfortable take it out like depending on the religion that you're getting married in you might not have that much flexibility but really what you want is to be really confident when you're saying those vows in the day yeah and have them feel authentic as opposed to something you're saying it's kind of as a throwaway because they're your wedding vows and they should be meaningful yeah you don't want your friends like snickering in the audience because they're like "Eh, that's not going to happen they're not going to be bringing their kids to church or whatever you want it to feel like you and your partner tossing the bouquet now this is one that has never really sat well with me and sometimes they make cool photos the bouquet toss and sometimes it is fun on the day but there's just something that doesn't sit well about getting all your single mates like rounding them up putting them in the middle of a room and like throwing your used flowers at them <laughs> i never heard it put that way before used flowers it's just like what have you used them for you've just held them it just feels really smug like i'm married now like which one of you like lame single people will be next like it just doesn't feel it just feels mean-spirited or something there is an air of desperation of it like I have watched people like scrabble to the (laughs) floor for them (laughs) but I think when that's happened and I've been there it's been because it's been a bit of crack and people have been just getting into the spirit of the thing yeah and I don't mean to be spoiled sport I know it can be fun it's just the notion behind it just doesn't sit yeah I'm the exact same with this I don't really like the notion behind it so there are some alternatives to the bouquet if that's what you're after one that you put in the post Claire that I love is having a women only dance yes I love the idea of like having a moment that celebrates all the women in your life I think that's really nice without having to throw your used okay at them specifically I love that you've suggested the Macarena and Copacabana and I think those are top choices yeah I'd like a, a conga line of ladies around a wedding that'd be fun yeah, I'm totally on board with that. You could also just make sure to ask your photographer to take a photo of all the women at the wedding or specifically your female pals, if that's what you're after. If you're looking for a way to kind of celebrate your female friends. And have a wedding, moment where you all gather together. I think that's a nice idea. That's always a valuable photo as well. So the wedding cake then. This one has a thousand different meanings attached to it historically. it's We can't keep track. I mean, feminism be damned. I just want cake. <laughs> Just I don't care what the cake is as long as you put it in my face. Um, one thing that I read that I thought was kind of weird was that a fruit cake was a symbol of fertility because, you know, it's full of fruit and fruit grows and I don't really even get where they get some of this stuff from, to be quite honest. One wedding cake superstition that I always remember hearing was that if you were a spinster, as the word was used back in the day, and you got a piece of wedding cake, you would put it under your pillow and then... <laughs> If you did that on the night of the wedding, then you get married within the year. Something oh, like that. You. And I always just thought, like, let the woman eat her cake. What if she doesn't want to be married within a year? Or let the woman not eat her cake. Like, let the woman do what she wants. Like, can't we just have cake? Also, to be don't thing? give her more washing to do. It's the laundry. Oh, my God. I totally didn't even yeah. get that. That is so true, Claire. Let women eat cake without feeling bad about the patriarchy is my motto for life, basically. And that's enough said on wedding cakes. (laughs) Just give us the cake. Wedding speeches is another one that I really like, the fact that that's changing. And I think it's an easy way to incorporate a feminist ethos into your wedding without kind of changing proceedings at all. Yeah, this is another one where I think it's not out of any particular prejudice that less women make speeches than men. It's just the way things have been done for so long that a lot of people don't even think about opening it up so they might never think of asking their mom or the bridesmaid or 
the bride might not even think of doing one herself, even though when she's confronted with the idea, she thinks, oh, of course, it's my wedding. It's half my day. I should be there and my voice should be heard. Yeah, particularly when the women in a wedding spend so much time preparing for it, particularly in terms of like hair, makeup. And then it's essentially a, you're seen and not heard on the day. It's like, give those women a microphone. I totally get that you might not be into giving speeches as a, fine. as a rule. And that's totally cool. But I do love to hear a woman speak at a wedding speech because I just think it's one of those everyday things where women's voices are silenced and we don't need that going forward in 2019. I think if you're even nervous about making a speech on your own you could ask a couple of your bridesmaids to make a speech together or you could get up and do a speech with your other half if that's a bit more comfortable for you. Or you could even just make a list of thank yous that you have to deliver which is not too pressurised. So wedding invitations, Claire, this is one that historically had a very formal kind of format, I guess. Yeah. And in general, weddings are becoming a bit more informal, which is nice. I think they have a little bit more of a natural, authentic feel to them. And that's not necessarily to do with feminism. Just in general, people are becoming a bit more relaxed. And likewise, invitations are a way to reflect that. Having things like the wording, like how how you invite your guests. So if it's your parents, a lot of times it used to be Mr. and Mrs. Byrne invite you to the wedding of your their daughter. And it's very much like your parents are running the show and you're a grown ass woman and you're running the show. Yeah. So you should be inviting people to your own wedding. It's that thing of ownership again. It's like, would you like to come to the ceremony in which I present you with my object? I also hate personally getting an invitation to Mr. and Mrs. Mark McGowan when... Hello, I'm, I have a name too. Uh, <laughs> I've never once been addressed um, by my other half's first name, but the day that happens, yeah. I will go spare, I swear. And I haven't taken, I've taken his name, but I haven't taken Mrs. So, and that's a whole other topic that I'll link a good article to in the show notes. So I think checking if people use Mrs., if people have taken a name, just kind of being a bit, when you're doing your envelope addresses, to use what people have chosen to use as opposed to what you're enforcing on them yeah that's a good tip as well is that you know some of this as much as it's to reflect how you feel about feminism and gender equality you want to also make people comfortable who are coming to your wedding and you don't want to offend them with like a terrible piece of signage with a really anti-feminist sentiment on it which brings us on to the next point oh yeah those ones that are like oh the ball and chains about to arrive and the kid walking up the aisle with the like last chance to run yes have you seen the wedding cake that has a ball and chain attached to the like marzipan bride and groom don't get me started selena again like i totally could go to a wedding and see that and be like oh that's cute you know it depends on the lens you view it through but i don't personally like anything that insinuates that the groom has been lured into this or yeah it's being locked down forever I mean I think if you think of a same sex wedding and that was implied that one of them had completely trapped the other one you'd be really uncomfortable so why is it acceptable yeah. for a hetero wedding doesn't yeah. make any sense or to if me. it was a man entrapping a woman like people that wouldn't sit easy so why does it sit easy the other way around yeah it's just something to think about because a lot of these kind of signs and symbolisms do come up in real weddings and you might find like cute things on Etsy and kind of click by before you even think about it but really if you are very into the whole gender equality thing just maybe have a little think before you click order because some of these things you might realize later "Mm, actually that's not really me that's not really us I think a lot of the stuff on this list is just about being more mindful in general 
and just thinking things through and making every decision deliberately as opposed to blindly just planning your wedding without that in mind. Yeah, you're really trying to avoid years later flicking through the wedding album and being like, oh God, that was definitely 2019 because you wouldn't get away with that now kind of behaviour. No one wants that. No. <laughs> Uh, his and her details is another one that kind of ties in with that. So we see a lot of like his and hers cocktails or his and hers favours, which are fine if it's a, I picked a, I don't know, bramble vodka or bramble martini. It and, sounds delicious, Claire. Thanks. And he picked a gin and tonic or whatever. But if it's a, only the women are allowed to drink Cosmos and only the men are allowed to drink whiskey sours. It doesn't sit well either. I'm so annoying at really gendered stuff like that out and about. Like if there's a cocktail for him or whatever I'm like I want that like I should not have to miss out on any cocktail whiskey yeah I don't want my uterus to stop me from drinking anything (laughs) bodes well for any future pregnancies you may have I didn't think about that I don't know whether to leave that one there or pick it up yeah, I mean, I like a wedding favor as much as the next girl, but I wouldn't be super into getting a for her wedding favor because what if I want the for him wedding favor? Yes, I've seen like candles and cigars. I'm like, I want the cigar. Yeah, I mean, I want the candle, but like each their own. Exactly. You can never tell, you know, what someone's going to want. So and this is a really easy one to avoid as well, because there are two of you. So if you want to do any sections of your wedding where you give people options you can use the two of you so you can do uh one person who's getting married's cocktail and the other person's cocktail or same with favors you can do every second person gets something from the groom's uh place of birth or something from the bride's you know time living abroad it's a really easy one to avoid yeah just don't make it gendered And the final one is taking your partner's name. So I took my husband's name and I have had scowls from people who thought I would do better as such. And it's the kind of thing where I felt almost guilty. I felt like a bad feminist. And that's why I wanted to flag it as in for all of these things, people will have their reasons why they make a decision, which is why as much as I loathe the idea of a bouquet toss, I'll never judge a bride for doing it because she would have had her reasons for doing it. I think it's important not to judge people if they do any or don't do any of these things on their lists as being a bad feminist or a good feminist because we're all just trying our best. Did you actually have people say like, I expected better from you, Claire? Yeah, yeah, legit. (laughs) That wasn't me, was it? No. Okay, thank God. I was like, I've I've grown a lot in the last few years. It could have been me. I obviously had my reasons for taking a name. One of them was I had a very generic old name and I just wanted a new one. Change it up. Yeah. But I do think it's just so important not to make any assumptions and to let people make their own choices to make decisions for their own wedding that suit themselves. We have given our personal opinions on lots of traditions here, but we really hope it doesn't make it sound like we we'd be in the congregation slagging you off if no. you did this on the big day because when I'm at a wedding I'm so delighted and hopped up on whiskeys that I'm just having a great time and <laughs> really in the moment you don't notice these things it's more about for you and your partner and what feels right to you just at the end of the day you need every choice that you made to sit well and that you can kind of feel as if you can stand over it and be happy with it and it's a fun way as well to personalize the day even further we give some alternatives here but like let your imagination run wild there are so many different things you can do to kind of put your stamp on your day and doing something that reflects gender equality to you could be way outside of this remake so loads of the ideas that we spoke about today are fleshed out in further features on onefabday.com 
So head on over there and you'll find stuff about speeches, writing your own ceremony, all the rest. One fab day, listener dilemmas. Here at One Fab Day, we love nothing more than addressing any queries or quandaries our listeners might have. This week, we received an email that actually ties in pretty well with their topic from a concerned bride-to-be. Selena, can you talk us through it? So this bride writes, Hi guys, I was enjoying wedding planning at the start, but now I'm feeling a bit frustrated as my other half just isn't pulling his weight. I feel like I'm doing all of the organising. He just kind of goes along with everything I suggest and says, that sounds great. And then I'm left to deal with the suppliers, sort out the deposits, etc. My friends and ma'am have all said the same thing, which is that I'm really lucky that he's so easygoing and I can basically do whatever I want. But I don't see it that way at all. At the end of the day, it's not my wedding, it's our wedding. And I really want him to be invested in it. Of course you do. Yeah, this one is tricky because there are elements of weddings that in a hetero couple, maybe the groom isn't going to be interested in like flowers or colour palettes. Stereotypically, that's, I think, a fair thing to say. But there are so many elements that go into a wedding and so many of them are so broad. Music, readings, entertainment, like the logistics and the fact that you're managing a huge budget is also quite daunting for one person to take on on their own. There's really no excuse for a wedding to be planned by one person and not the other. From what this person writes, it sounds like maybe it's not that he doesn't want to do his share, but maybe he just thinks she's better at this kind of thing. Which isn't really fair either, even if she is. It still needs to pull his weight. A bit of a cop out. So I would say ignore what your mom and your uh, pals are telling you because you don't feel good. You can't appreciate what's going on here in a positive way have a chat with your other half and sit down and just say listen I'm not happy with how things are progressing I know maybe you're not particularly interested in the flower arrangements but we have to find an area of the wedding that you are interested in because it's your day as well and I think when you divvy up the tasks if say he takes on certain jobs don't make it as if you're project managing and he's like your staff member who's being delegated to because that's still you worrying about it at the end of the day. Yeah, that's you performing the emotional labour. And that's one of the hardest things as well. So I would say sit down with him and try and make a plan and try and hand over some of the work and leave him to it then. Like, don't be saying like, oh, did you remember to book the band? If he doesn't book the band or whatever it is, it's him that's going to be standing there on the dance floor dancing to nothing and that's the kind of pressure that needs <laughs> to be to serve him right Selena <laughs> it was serve him right exactly but yeah no obviously approach the conversation in a very positive way and don't be like yelling at him from the outset because yeah, that's not going to result in a good no you won't feel good if you feel like you're nagging either yeah exactly but definitely give him the responsibility and leave him with it is what I would say head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
We are gathered here in the sight of God and his casino to join Homer and Marge in holy matrimony. Beautiful. Next! Now step away from the spreadsheet. So obviously wedding planning can be an absolute joy, but if you take regular breaks from all the researching and organizing, it will be an even bigger joy. So that's why each week we suggest an activity that will hopefully take your mind off things, if only for an hour or two. So Claire, you've got a suggestion for us this week. So my suggestion this week is touring celebrity homes via the Architectural Digest YouTube channel. So this is basically like a classy version of that reality show Cribs? Oh, yeah, cribs. Look what's in my fridge. Yeah, but for really, like, over-the-top stylish people. Yes, but it's actually fascinating because one of them was Zachary Quinto, I think is how you pronounce his Oh, the name. actor. Yes, so him and his partner did their house in New York, and it sounded like, say, it was, like, four million loft space, and it was tiny, and I was like, they didn't get very good value for money. So it's very insightful into just general... Uh, juiciness of celebs homes and you can have a gop at their swimming pills and there was one that was some DJ that I'm too old to know the name of I'm going to say he was a European young one. yeah and he had the most ridiculous like 20 million dollar house and each of his guests had their own suite and it was basically like a very cold hotel that wasn't homely at all so it can also make you feel better about your own tiny house <laughs> I've seen some of these on YouTube that I loved for like opposite reasons so like Amy Sedaris the actress her house actually looks like it was put together in a very like cost efficient way like all of the cool elements of it are kind of like handmade or things she picked oh, up nice. in thrift shops she was a big thrift shopper and I loved her house and then there was one that I didn't personally like I wouldn't do it but it was so cool it was a really cool artsy couple who had basically every surface of their house painted black but it was fascinating oh to see God. like how that kind of fed into like their everyday life yeah it's full of amazing like outdoor kitchens and sun terraces and drinking nooks and things like that so yeah if you like interiors or you just want a bit of house envy it's worth a watch the one fab date wedding podcast that's a wrap on episode 9 of the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. If you still haven't had your fill of all things weddings, head over to onefabday.com where you'll find loads of really handy planning posts as well as gorgeous bridal collections and trend features. There's loads of new features going up every single day on the site, so please do pay us a visit. And if you've got any questions for us or just something you want to add to the conversation, you can get in touch by emailing hello at onefabday.com or you can hit us up on social. We're at onefabday on all the major social channels and we'd love to hear your thoughts. And also, if you've enjoyed this week's podcast, please make sure you're subscribed. And if you know someone who's currently engaged and might like the show, encourage them to subscribe and to listen as well. It would really help us out. Thanks for listening. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.